Peter Sherman for Oakley. And uh, I'm looking at some very ominous clouds here, and we're way downtown, like right above the water at Chorus Key. And I know it's it's raining to uh, the north up in the uh, York region area, so I guess we're going to see some thunder showers over the next little while. You know, I have a distinct pleasure every Friday at uh, 4.30 when I fill in for Oakley, so that's this week and next week, and it's to talk to Conrad Black. How you doing? Fine, thanks, Peter. How are you? Terrific. Anyway, and we had a terrific, uh, teeming tropical rain up here about half an hour ago. I'm in, I'm just to south of 401, and um, it, it, but it, it only lasted about 20 minutes, and it, it's quite a nice late evening or late afternoon now. It's, you know what? It's not. It's actually nice to see this every once in a while, where you get these cells that come by. They water your lawn for you. They're good for the flowers. They're great for the flowers. So there you go. So Conrad, I want to talk about trade, and I'm going to play you um, a piece of audio from uh, Donald Trump talking about trade with Canada and NAFTA, including Canada, as he sees it this week. We're not negotiating with Canada right now. Their tariffs are too high. Their barriers are too strong. So we're not even talking to them right now. We'll see how that works out. It'll only work out to our favor. And and there's another piece of audio I'm not going to play that uh, in which he kind of in a sideways manner threatens us with that uh, tariff on our automobiles again. Where do you think we stand right now? Well, I look, you know, first of all, it's an exceedingly technical subject. So you've got to be a trade wonk to understand it. They're always trading off, uh, uh, you know, the enamel on, on vanadized metal against the quantity of tropical fruit or something. I mean, it, Only you would say it that way, but... No, it's really complicated, but uh, uh, and and it is in the hands, as it should be, uh, of, of trade specialists and experts on both sides. But I think the, uh, in general, the president of the U.S. is is negotiating the way he negotiates. You know, he pounds the table, and he's you know he's leading the most uh, powerful country, especially economically, in the world. And and he, you know he can, when he pounds the table, he he does get the attention of the people he's negotiating with. But well, he really gets the attention of the people he's negotiating with, because when he pounds the table and says, we're not going to negotiate with China, the stock market drops 400 points. And when he says, we think we might get things going again, as in yesterday, it goes up 400 points. I don't know if that was the sole reason for that. I don't either, he but still. speaking in a context of a quite, a, you know, really a strong U.S. economy. But uh, look, I, what I think is, that he is, he has no grievance against Canada as a country. He likes it. He knows it. He wishes uh, all the countries the United States dealt with uh, were as reasonable and gentlemanly as Canada. But I think there is no doubt that, uh, and I'm not getting into the rights or wrongs of this, but he was annoyed and his delegation was annoyed by early emphasis by the Canadians on gender issues and environmental issues, which the Americans felt. Uh, one tended to be preachy coming from Canada to a country that has a good record in these areas, uh, the United States, and two has basically nothing to do with trade, and they found it annoying. Well, look at Conrad. I, I have no issues with them either, uh, other than being a Canadian and not wanting to pay more for things that I buy. That said, um, I, I have no idea in the first place why they entered into it, because that was on the table a year ago yesterday, as it happens, when they opened negotiations because Christian Freeland said that they were. Yeah, yeah, well, you see, I, I, again, I, like you, I'm, I don't understand the reasoning of that, but the, uh, I, in fairness, from what I hear, and I'm not pretending to have any great inside scoop here, uh, the Americans always recognized that Mexico was going to be a great deal more difficult because there you get the complexity of uh, cheap, relatively cheap Mexican labor, the attraction by, uh, 
policies of the government of Mexico uh, to American manufacturers in particular to move just inside the Mexican-U.S. border, just into Mexico, and then, you know, lay off the workers they've had in the United States and then uh, use the Mexican-U.S. part of NAFTA to uh, to bring the, to, to sell the manufactured goods that are manufactured 20 miles from the U.S. border back into the U.S., exporting unemployment there, and encouraging the companies to retain all of their profits in Mexico instead of patriating them to the U.S., and in addition, all on the side, Mexico has been facilitating the illegal entry of huge numbers of, of uh, unqualified uh, uh, people illegally into the United States. And that, that is a real complex of issues that the U.S. was determined to put right on, on all sides. And, and I think the American position has been we can, you know, we'll be reasonable. We like Mexico. We have to live with them. We want to be helpful, but we don't want to be chumps, either in immigration or in economics. And and he has, in his budget reforms, uh, fiscal reforms, incentivized the return of American corporate routine profits from from abroad. But uh, uh, And so they're getting there. But I think their reasoning is if we can settle it out with Mexico, it'll be relatively easy to get... Uh, final agreements with Canada, where the where the issues are quite marginal comparatively. Well, let's hope so. An immigration problem between the U.S. and Canada, and and uh, the Americans always recognize that Canada is. I mean, it, it, it tries to get an edge like any country does, but that Canadians are basically fair traders, and there isn't a serious imbalance between the two countries either way. Well, the, the, but the point is, if I if, a big deficit. if I could interrupt you for a second, uh, I'm sorry, I stopped. I spoke too long, but it's complicated. No, I know, but I I I don't want to see another tweet where you tell people that you filibustered me <laughs> so i got to get a word in edgewise Please. no I, I i was i think what happens conrad and by the way just apropos of nothing i'm looking out the window and we've got your tropical shower downtown now um it, it, we're not negotiating with canada right now says trump their tariffs are too high their barriers are too strong so we're not even talking to them right now uh we'll see how that works out it'll only work out to our favor so you understand the the geopolitical aspects of it you've said what you've said and i think rightly so on the way canada is thought of but then there's the average guy out there i'm not saying the stupid guy i'm saying the average guy out there who reads that in the paper and uh, and when he does, he says, um, is my job in jeopardy or am I going to be able to buy food at the store? Um, what's going to happen here? And, and that's why, uh, yes, Trump negotiates by being feisty, uh, which that phrase indicates. And, and um, what it's meant to be is, uh, is exactly what it is, a scare tactic. But it scares too many people. It doesn't scare the government people, but it scares people out in the street. Well, you, know, you see, he, he's not answerable to them. I mean, in the end, the president of the U.S. doesn't care particularly if the average Canadian gets a little frightened, because he thinks then the average Canadian will say to, to, to their government, he or she, to that government, government of Canada, look, you know, of course we got to protect the national interest, but think of us here. You know, I mean, don't get, don't play your hand so aggressively that we create a lot of unemployment in Canada. I mean, that's just tactics, 
and and he can't do it because the United States is in a position to deliver on that. But but I think in general they just want to fine tune the Canadian part of NAFTA. The real problem is always with Mexico, and it appears that they're making good progress, and it appears the outgoing and incoming presidents of Mexico are cooperating, so they've got a, a coherent negotiation in progress with the United States running up to the inauguration of their new president there. And uh, I, I mean, I understand, and I don't want to be glib about it, a guy in the software lumber business or couple of these other things that have been focused on certain types of dairy operations and so forth. Mm-hmm. You, you could sweat it. I understand that. But, you know, that's life. But the, it, is the president of the U.S. bound to hammer the hell out of Canada or any, no, any segment of the Canadian economy? No, he isn't. Absolutely not. So, at the end of the There's day, no the headline... Will there. He just doesn't want to have his pocket picked. All right. A reasonable ambition. The headline, then, is Conrad Black is reasonably optimistic for a deal. Uh, and a deal, a good deal for both parties. No one, uh, you know, no attempted American exploitation of the fact that they do have a much larger economy than we do. Conrad, always a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure's mine, Peter. Conrad Black joining us as he does at four thirty uh, most Fridays uh, with John Oakley, and this week and next week with me. Time right now is four forty-two. This is Global News Radio six forty Toronto.